Blackhawks are getting closer, but still can't quite handle the heat. Obviously way better game than first game, but uh, still lost. You're down, 0-2, and on to the next one. I mean, we're fine. Uh, they did what they were supposed to do, and we're gonna do what we're supposed to go home. What's up, everybody? And welcome to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm your host, Sarah Spencer, Hawks beat reporter for the AJC, and today's episode, obviously, is a post-game episode following up game two of Hawks Heat. Uh, We're going to talk about game two specifically, kind of dissect where they are in the series, which now goes back to Atlanta. Hawks have been pretty good at home. We'll dive into that. Hopefully I make it through this episode. Well, I guess this is what editing is for because I am in a I am in a kind of like back room. No, it's not a back room. This is where we used to eat at the Heats Arena. Um, now it is where they do post-game press conferences for the Hawks specifically. Um, they told me I could do the podcast in here, so I just kind of went for it. Um, but anyway, so I'm like behind this curtain thing. It's kind of a fun setup. <laughs> kind of fun. There's like mirrors all on one wall, so I'm kind of watching myself. It's weird. Um, anyway, but yeah, so we're going to make it through this episode. Um, and if there's people walking in the background, that's that's for me to worry about, not y'all. Y'all just get to sit back and relax and, and enjoy this episode um, tomorrow morning when it, when it comes out. Uh, the Hawks Report is brought to you by Emory Healthcare the official team healthcare provider of the Atlanta Hawks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. A quick reminder that if you're listening to us for the first time, please follow us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. You never miss an episode. Okay, so first and foremost, let's just talk about the game. This was a much better game from the Hawks in some regards, but as Nate McMillan mentioned after the game, turning the ball over 19 times is just not going to get it done. It's going to be really hard to win that way. And I want to share with you guys, um, so the Hawks actually did not, y'all probably know this, but the Hawks did not turn the ball over in the regular season. They actually averaged an NBA low 11.9 turnovers per game. So that's, you know, during the regular season. And that's actually the least amount of turnovers per game in franchise history. So that's really notable, obviously, um, that that was a – I mean, obviously, it was the regular season, but that's super notable. And they actually had 19 turnovers in this game. Trey Young alone had 10. He finished with 25 points, which follows up eight points in game one. So he got more shots to fall, um, not from three, really. Um, shots weren't falling from three. He was two for 10 from three, 10 for 20 from the field overall, three for four from the line, um, six rebounds, seven assists, but 10 turnovers. And that's, 
that's getting close to an untenable number against a you know a team like the Miami Heat. Um, I mean, this was a close game. We'll talk more about Bogey getting into some uh, second half surges, but Nate spoke about how those turnovers really were were kind of what killed him. I think the difference uh, in the game tonight was turnovers. Uh, you can't have 19 turnovers uh, in a playoff game and uh, expect to win games, you know. So they, they scored 21 points off of our turnovers. You know, a lot of those came in transition, 20 points and fast break points. Uh, and that I thought was the difference in the game. We got to do a better job of taking care of the ball, not playing in traffic, passing in traffic, dribbling in traffic. Uh, you know, they do a good job of their traps and, you know, having active high hands. Uh, we got to have the proper spacing and uh, we got to get that ball out to the open man and we will have opportunities on the weak side. And uh, we just didn't do a good job of doing that tonight. So the Hawks were down just one after the first quarter. And after the second quarter, at halftime, they were down 56 54. And if you remember in game one, wasn't that long ago, so you probably do. Um, if you remember in game one, in the second quarter, that game had already become a blowout. Um, in fairness to the Hawks, they were that was a really tough schedule st- stretch for them, and Miami went into that game with a week's rest. But even on, you know, even if rest is totally equivalent for these teams, obviously this is this is a tough matchup for the Hawks. I mean, Miami's the one seed, and you know they're the one seed for the reason in the East. Um, they've got a very defensive-minded team: Jimmy Butler, PJ Tucker, Bam Adebayo. I mean, this is um, you know this is a this is a team that is going to be a tough matchup for the Hawks, particularly without Clint Capella, who still missed this game. Um, John Collins was back. More on him later. Um, But anyway, so I I just want to point out that the Hawks did, despite all that, the Hawks did battle a lot more in this game. And this was a better, this was a good overall game to watch. Like, even if you had no rooting interest in the Hawks, no rooting interest in the Heat, you probably did not turn the TV off. Whereas game one, you probably did uh, because of how much that game, because of how that game devolved. Um, So in the third quarter, Jimmy Butler who finished with 45 points, game high by a mile in this one. Um, Five rebounds, five assists, two steals, zero turnovers. Jimmy Butler was plus 19. He was really stellar in this game. Um, And the third quarter is when he really started to go off. And it seemed like the Heat were going to pull away in this game. It seemed like, okay, the Hawks could hang with them for a half, but not a full game. This is when this is when the Heat make their move. You know, they're led by Jimmy Butler. This is when they're going to pull away. But that was not really that did not end up the game did not end up going that way. And a big reason for that is the Hawks fought back led by Bogey, Hawks wing Bogdan Bogdanovich. Um, He really got going. Shots started falling for Bogey. Um, He had this insane like off balance. over a defender right in his face, like falling out of bounds in the corner um, for the Hawks. He had some really – Bogey always shoots well when someone's in his face, it seems like, um, like a defender's right on him. But, yeah, that, that, was, a, that was an awesome shot. Um, he actually got the heat lead down to three. Um, that crazy shot I'm referring to, um, he got it down to three, um, 104 to 101, with three minutes and 15 seconds to go, 
And then you have eight points in a row from Jimmy Butler. And that sort of, that just puts this game out of reach. So Bogey, 29 points for the Hawks. That's a game high. Three assists, four rebounds, five fouls. Actually, quite a few of the Hawks got into foul trouble in this one. But as we said, more of what did the men was was turnovers. A lot of those were sort of in transition. Um, Nate McMillan spoke about that. Um, and it's just, the Hawks just can't. I mean, the Heat had some turnovers, too. They ended with 15, so that's that's not great either. But, the you know, the Hawks are the team that really can't afford to do this right now. You know, you're the eight seed up against the one seed. You're already down 0-1 in the series. Now they're down 0-2. Um, they do get to take it back home. But the Hawks are the team that really can't afford to do that, and, and, and they did it. So here's Bogey on what he saw with those turnovers. Experience. Honestly, you know, some uh... – couple of times you know we should dive to the ball maybe we we took the step back or you know uh, we didn't set a screen or whatever but um that, that's that little experience that makes a difference in game you know um i felt like they they were struggling to hit a shot at the end and then they found uh, the rhythm and momentum back through this experience plays you know easy layups and uh and some good good uh, possessions defensively so um yeah, all credit to them in the first two games. And that is a fair point by Bogey because this is an experienced, you know, veteran-heavy, mature, very well-coached Miami Heat team. So, you know, that's a reason. That's a reason why you can't afford to make. And you're get, you're gonna make. You're never gonna play an entirely perfect game, but limiting mistakes as much as possible is is something you want to do. And that, hey, that's going to be tough to do on a road, the road. But you got to do it as much as you can um, as possible to, to put yourself in a good position. And the Hawks, I mean, going back to foul trouble, they had some, they had some silly fouls. Um, they had a few turnovers where, you know, Trey had a few turnovers where, and Miami's a, a, a great defense. They're going to get into passing lanes. But he had a few, uh, Bogey obviously spoke about this a little bit, but Trey had a few turnovers where it seemed like he was just kind of forcing it a little bit and some of the, some of the passes that he normally makes look so easy are going to be tough against Miami, but they're still doable. And it was just, it was just, um, you know, some tough turnovers in this game. Um, one other thing that made this game pretty chippy is fouls. And I suppose how it was called um, Kyle Lowry and Deandre Hunter got into it in this game. Um, I mean, Kyle Lowry, I, I think there were some ticky-tacky plays, for sure. There were some tough plays. Um, DeAndre Hunter, I actually thought, had a pretty good game. Um, you need more rebounding for him from him. I feel like you always kind of need more rebounding from DeAndre Hunter, for sure. Um, two rebounds, five fouls. Again, going back to the foul trouble. Um, one block, 16 points. Um, one for five from three. The Hawks were not, you know... They didn't really have it going from three as a team. Um, Boogie was the main guy who had it going there. They were 12 for 40, so that's 30% from three overall. Um, so DeAndre Hunter, I think, he, he and Kyle Lowry got into it. They ended up getting double techs um, in the first half. I think some of that attitude and some of that um, fire is, from the Hawks' perspective, probably kind of good to see from DeAndre Hunter. But I do think some of the foul trouble that started to add up, 
some of the um, frustration with the way the game was being called. I understand being frustrated, but you also can't let it you, you can't let it get as Nate would say the the term emotionally drunk. You can't let it um, rule you out there. Anyway, so the the Heat were 25 for 29 um, from the line, 86.2 percent. The Hawks were 11 for 14 from the line, 78.6%. Trey Young was three for four from the line. Obviously, that's well under what he averages. Um, and Trey was, you know, was frustrated about how this game was called. It's tough. Obviously, we feel like we let one slide. You can't let it, let it uh, linger too far. I mean, we got another game in a couple of days. So, um, I mean, obviously, we feel like we let one slip away, but. I mean, if the refs gonna let them be as physical as they are and not call fouls, I mean, it's gonna be hard to really do anything anyway. So uh, it's gotta be gotta be a little bit um, uh, better with knowing where we gotta be and just be ready to take care of home. Yeah, and I mean, I I understand that, but you know, at the same time, you know, you can't, like I said, you can't let that rule you too much. Um, and I think the question he was answering there was more about intensity or the Hawks playing with more aggression. And then he sort of added in that bit about the refs. Um, but does that frustration, you know, there were a few moments when the Hawks were arguing with officials and I don't know. I don't know if that frustration adds up to a point where it starts to, when the emotions can maybe even stand in the way of focus. Um, who knows? Anyway, uh, one thing that is super quantifiable, however, is turnovers for the Hawks and then 45 points for Jimmy Butler with the Heat, four for seven from three. And Jimmy Butler was definitely tough for the Hawks to contain tonight. Well, you know, part of it is, you know, he has shooters around him. And, um, you know, a lot of times those guys, uh, you know, your defense is hugging the perimeter and it's giving him opportunities to uh, play really one-on-one. And tonight I thought he, uh, he took advantage of that. Uh, he was really good, uh, you know, playing and creating and, and scoring uh, with the space uh, that he had. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you're, if you're helping, helping, you know, he will pass the ball and he will give it up uh, to the shooters on the perimeter. Uh, tonight, you know, he did a good job of he found a rhythm and he stayed aggressive. And, uh, you know, we really just didn't have an answer for uh for guarding him tonight i almost wish y'all could like see me fidgeting in this room right now because i am like there is there was no good way to set up for this podcast so i'm like half crouching i don't know what i'm doing i'm like in a chair but then where i have to prop up my laptop and microphone is sort of out of the ways anyway it it would be really funny if y'all could see me right now but it's probably for the best that you can't um Real quick, I wanted to touch on John Collins. Um, I thought in game one, John did okay and was moving okay, which was a good sign, but he didn't have that much of an effect on the game. Obviously, it was a blowout. I actually spoke with him at shoot-around before game two, and he mentioned, you know, the main thing that's giving him problems right now is his finger, and it's when he needs to bend his finger. That's the toughest part for him, and obviously think of – in basketball, all the times you need to bend your finger, pretty much all the time. Um, even when you're, you know, you're defending and using your hands or like think of like plays at the rim. I mean, obviously, um, obviously you got to do that a lot. 
the biggest takeaway I had with John Collins, though, is he was he back in the starting lineup, played 29 minutes after playing 21 in game one, 13 points, 10 rebounds. You know, the Hawks need that rebounding from him. They need that production from him, given that they don't have Clint Capella. Um, two assists, one steal, two turnovers, only two fouls. Um, so I just wanted to bring him up because I did think that in terms of how he's moving, and he did mention, I forgot to say this before, he did mention that with his finger being, you know, the main thing that's given him trouble, I think his foot is easier to manage is something that he, he mentioned to me this morning. Um, so, and by this morning, I mean Tuesday morning. Um, so anyway, I, I did want to note, I guess just for moving forward in the series, that I think John looked a lot better. I think he looked a little bit more explosive, a little bit more comfortable with the ball, a little bit more comfortable shooting the ball, a little bit more active on defense. And while that didn't move mountains, I just think it's a good sign moving forward in the series. But the Hawks are in a tough position in the series, obviously down 0-2, but at least you get to go back to friendly territory. This is the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I want to thank everyone who subscribes to the AJC and AJC.com because it is what makes all of this possible. I would not be sitting in this room in Miami trying to balance on my leg <laughs> if it were not for you guys subscribing to the AJC. Producer Jay what? chiming in here. What was what was more uncomfortable, the, uh, the cafeteria you're in currently in Miami, Florida, or me, you, and Michael Cunningham crowded around the press conference table in Atlanta after the game against Charlotte? So, good question. Um, the one in Atlanta was less uncomfortable because I was at least like with other people. Sometimes whenever I record <laughs> the podcast on my own, I feel like I'm talking to myself, even though I can like see you on the screen. <laughs> so it just makes me feel like, and then obviously when people like walk behind me, they just hear me talking to myself and it like, you know, it's just like, what's she doing? Um, whereas if it's a group of people, it's like, it, it's at least like, what are they collectively doing? And then they can see the soundboard Got and it. it's like, Oh, something radio related. <laughs> but sometimes, cause you know, I project like, you know, I'm loud. So sometimes oh, yeah. I'm just like in this loud or in this room loud by myself. And everyone's probably like, she's just really wanted to get her thoughts out about the game, I guess. <laughs> then maybe they see the microphone. However, I am behind a curtain anyway. Oh, and there's the old drink machine. We used to eat in here. Um, and then they switched a bunch of stuff up because of COVID. I was going to try to do it. I'm going off the rails here. I'll finish the advertisement in a second, Jay. Um, <laughs> I was gonna, um, record this episode from where like players sit 
and have like the playoff thing in the background and make it seem like I'm like doing a podium interview for that's what we did in Atlanta to an empty room yeah no I know but this time it would be just oh you're gonna be on the other side as opposed to three yeah yeah yeah, exactly um all right I'll continue the the promo now answering questions for myself anyway y'all literally the point that I was trying to get to is that travel is so important to making this whole thing go being able to build relationships and be in person to see this stuff happen to see this stuff go go down to talk to humans face to face is so important and obviously you know that requires a travel budget that requires you know like this stuff just you know doesn't come out of thin air so when I say when I read this advertisement about thanking everyone who subscribes it is not just it is not just words that I'm reading. I actually genuinely mean it, and so does everyone at the AJC. So when I say it's what makes all of this possible, it genuinely is. And if you aren't a subscriber, you all know what's coming next. You can go to subscribe.ajc.com podcast, and your first month of unlimited digital access is just 99 cents. That's subscribe.ajc.com podcast so you always know what's really going on. So, okay, the series is the Hawks are down 0-2 in the series. Not a great place to be. But you at least get to come home now. Um, The Hawks, I've written about this a ton. We've talked about this a ton on this podcast, that the Hawks struggled on the road this season. Obviously, they were able to beat Cleveland on the road um, in that final play-in game because Trey Young, you know, completely took over in the second half. Um, But overall, the Hawks in the regular season were 16-25 and on the road. And at home, they were... 27 and 14 and if you include play-in games the Hawks are 20 and 3 in their final 23 or in their last you know 23 times playing at home um so they are tough to play at home um the crowds have been you know good lately and so I think that that's at least a positive is going back to you know familiar territory or shooting on your own you know, baskets, you get to sleep in your own bed, all that kind of stuff. So anyway, my point is the Hawks are great at playing at home, so that's why they're not, you know, panicking. And here's Trey Young on why that is. Yeah, I mean, Atlanta's been bringing the energy these past uh, this past month and two going into the playoffs and to, to the postseason, and we haven't played there in a long time, so uh, at least it feels like it. And uh, we're ready to get back home and get, get back to work, and um, game three is going to be loud, it's going to be fun, and... Uh, we just got to go home and take care of home. That's all we got to do. That's uh, big. Uh, we're going to need everyone who can come out. Uh, just give us that extra boost, that extra energy. Uh, it's going to be much needed. So that was DeAndre Hunter also talking about getting back home. And he mentioned, I also asked him just, you know, for his thoughts on where the Hawks are in the series. And he mentioned, you know, they did what they were supposed to do. Now it's our time to do what we're supposed to do. So the Hawks are in a difficult spot, again, down 0-2. And I really, I mean, really, game three is so pivotal. You don't want to go down, obviously, you don't want to go down 0-3 because then you're facing an elimination game. If you can get a win, if you can get this first win at home, at least you are in the fight. And it starts to seem more realistic, okay, we can chip away at this. Um, going down 0-3 is obviously is obviously a really tough position to, to put yourself in. Um, but I think moving forward in the series, probably the biggest thing is, and Miami's defense is tough. Like, they're, they're so active. 
you know, long. I mean, bam is so difficult, so switchable. Um, but the one thing that you should hopefully be able to control a little bit more is turnovers. So I think that's a big thing to watch going into this next home game, game three, um, which will be Friday. So the Hawks will take Wednesday. So game two was Tuesday. The Hawks will take – the Hawks will obviously travel um, tonight. <laughs> Last night, if you're listening to this in the morning, the Hawks will travel home, and then Wednesday they're going to take off. So and then, you know, Thursday will be a practice day, heading into game three at home Friday, and then game four will be at home Sunday. So anyway, there's the Hawks' calendar for the next um, for the next several days. Obviously, game three – Super, super pivotal. Maybe one of these days we will air the unedited footage and or audio of what's been going on in the background here. Like someone just walked in and I had like grabbed someone's charger because someone left it. So I'm going to get their charger back to them. I feel like I've been like, you know, coordinating some stuff from this room. So this is this has been good. Um, it's always an adventure being on the road, but that's what I like about it. I like that it's never the same thing twice, even when you go to the same place. Uh, so anyway, a lot still to look out for in this series when the Hawks get back to Atlanta. So obviously stick with us throughout this series um, and we'll keep bringing you episodes. So that wraps up today's episode. Please don't forget to rate, review, follow, share, and subscribe. And we will see you after game three on the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.